Coming up on Stu Does America, I'm not seeing nearly as many morons on Twitter disavowing the Trump vaccine these days. Well, Dan Andrews from Faithwire joins us to help us mock the liberal hypocrisy. And another celebrity heads to the canceled bin for daring to question the left. This particular actress might not go down without a fight, though. We'll talk more about that. Don't forget, you can watch and listen to the show free on YouTube and on podcast from your favorite provider. Just head to stewdoesamerica.com to get all the links or access everything the network has to offer with Blaze TV and its subscription. Just go to blazetv.com slash stew and use the promo code stew. Why? Because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll save 30 bucks. Weathering the coronavirus has been tough, and it seems like we're headed for even darker times. I mean, you know, honestly, you are, not me. I've already had it. I'm golden. I'm immune. But for the rest of you, a little bit of hope is potentially on the way. Let's do the COVID-19 vaccine. Stu does America. You know, lots of terrible things come from the Bronx. You know, uh, the New York Yankees, terrible. Uh, I think, wasn't Jennifer Lopez Jenny from the block? I think she was from the Bronx. Also from the Bronx, 10 people were arrested uh, the other day for an illegal 200-person fight club. Mm. As you might know, the first rule about fight club is that it's a freaking movie and you shouldn't actually have a fight club. You definitely shouldn't have one during a pandemic. Seems like a club where the goal is to punch or get punched might actually be more dangerous than the pandemic. But maybe that's just me. I'm spoiled. I live in the suburbs. I don't have the grit of a Brad Pitt or a Ed Norton or even meatloaf with large man boobs. But large indoor heavy breathing events may soon be coming back into style as both Pfizer and Moderna have announced a promising early vaccine result uh, over the past week or so. Now, I know some people don't like the idea of a COVID vaccine. It's honestly, it's about half the country right now, according to polls. And it's one of our few bipartisan agreements. The percentages are about the same roughly for Republicans, Democrats, and independents. You should know that I'm pro-vaccine. I'm pretty much willing to take any old needle Bill Gates has lying around and jam it into my veins. Truth of it is, I just love needles. That's why I started heroin. Mm -hmm, It's true. So would I take the COVID-19 vaccine? Yes, I would. I I actually volunteered to take part in the trials, but was deemed, quote, too sexy to be representative of normal human beings, whatever that means. I mean, there are probably some of the vaccines I wouldn't take. I don't think I would take the Russian vaccine, which I'm pretty sure is made out of liquefied bodies of journalists opposing Vladimir Putin. And I kid you not, the Wuhan Institute of Virology is working on a vaccine. Now... I feel like I'm going to go elsewhere for my coronavirus expertise than the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And that is maybe a bit xenophobic, but I'm prepared to live with that diagnosis. The latest news on these vaccines is really encouraging, though. And now this information comes, of course, from companies' literal press releases. So you have to take it uh, with a little bit of skepticism. But the way these studies are constructed leads you to be optimistic. Both of the studies are generally conducted the same way. They enroll tens of thousands of less sexy people who volunteer. And then they give half the people in the study the vaccine and half of them a saltwater placebo that does nothing. None of the people getting the shots know if they're getting the vaccine or the placebo. None of the doctors giving the shots know who they're giving the vaccine to. Only an independent board who sees the results later knows that information. 
For the Moderna vaccine, they had 95 people get COVID-19 in the entire group. Of those 95 people who got it, 90 of the 95 had the placebo. Only five of them had the actual vaccine. In addition, 11 people in the study had severe cases of COVID. All 11 of them had the placebo, not the vaccine. It's great news. Now, there's still a lot that we don't know. The way the vaccine works is that it essentially delivers instructions to the body to produce the harmless spike protein that's part of the coronavirus. Then the immune system recognizes something weird is going on and it creates antibodies to get rid of it. Those same antibodies will get uh, will take on covid if that happens to show up. It's a cool design uh, of a vaccine, if nothing else. Think of it this way. Uh, Let's say you wanted to prevent Jerry Nadler from coming over to the dance club that you own. The vaccine would tell your bouncer Look out for people with really high pants, like pants all the way up to the chest. If you see that, kick that person out. Then when Jerry Nadler shows up with his ridiculous pants, he gets thrown out into the frigid winter snow. That's the mRNA vaccine in action, booting Jerry Nadler out of dance clubs. We just don't know how long that immunity might last yet. Like how long will the bouncer remember to throw Jerry Nadler out? And since we don't know these numbers, um, we don't know for sure what's going to happen. But so far, 90 percent effective for Pfizer and 94.5 percent effective for Moderna. How long will that hold up in the long term? We don't know yet. Odds are they probably will come down a bit. But even if they do, that's not a disaster. The good news for people who don't want to take the vaccine is if it works and on those people who do take it, it helps everyone. If you figure, you know, something like 15 percent of people are like me and have heroically overcome COVID-19 and half of who is left takes the vaccine, that's 90 percent effective. That's the equivalent of about half of the nation being immune. While that might not be quite enough for herd immunity, it's a pretty big improvement from where we are. It would slow the spread quite a bit. And look, we can talk about opening the economy all we want. But the only way to really open the economy is to make people have confidence that their grandma isn't going to drop dead because they decided to innocently attend a quick little session of Fight Club in the Bronx. It's like global warming. If the problem the media says it is global warming is this huge, massive problem, we can't restrict people into solving it. You can't tell people to set their thermostats to 59 degrees in the winter and never take another flight or drive another 18 miles over you know, the speed limit. That can't happen. What you can do is develop a technological solution that works as well or better than fossil fuels, that costs less, that doesn't emit carbon dioxide. When that happens, people will choose to use it and your problem goes away. Hopefully, the combination of the two most hated groups in the media, Big Pharma and Donald Trump, have worked together to bring that solution possibly to fruition in record time. We'll see how that plays out. But for now, remember, the only safe thing to do is to move your gigantic family Thanksgiving fight club outside. And always, always wear a face mask and a mouth guard.
to tell you about Black Rifle Coffee Company. They've donated over 45,000 pounds of coffee to soldiers deployed overseas, law enforcement officers, firefighters on the West Coast, and medical workers on the front line. Just in 2020 alone, for every coffee purchase that you make throughout the month of November, Black Rifle Coffee will send a bag of their limited edition holiday roast to a service member currently deployed overseas to be delivered by Christmas morning. How cool is that? Being founded and operated by veterans, the team at Black Rifle Coffee Company knows what a quality cup of coffee means to active duty troops spending the holidays away from home. Buy a bag, give a bag. That's great. Plus, I got to say, it's great coffee, too. You're going to get the best coffee and you're going to be able to help the troops. You can't beat that. BlackRifleCoffee.com slash stew. BlackRifleCoffee.com slash stew. Visit that uh, address. Make sure you use the slash stew part of the address because that's going to get you 20% off the coffee and the gear and the apparel and the first month of their Black Rifle Coffee Club. And, of course, that's how they know you like this stupid show. So it's BlackRifleCoffee.com slash stew. Go there now. BlackRifleCoffee.com slash stew. Joined now by Dan Andros, managing editor of FaithWire.com. Dan, thanks for coming on the program. Absolutely. We started the show kind of talking about vaccines uh, and that that might be around the corner. One of the interesting parts of this has been how the left, uh, who is always, I I get very confused with the vaccine thing. It kind of goes back and forth on both sides. Like Jenny McCarthy, who is a big, you know, big lefty, is one of the biggest voices against vaccines generally. RFK Jr., one of the biggest voices, and they're super far left. But it sort of crosses uh, the both sides of the aisle when it comes to some skepticism. On the COVID thing, it's sort of the same story. It seems like everybody from about half the people from all parties and representations uh, will not take this no matter what. Uh, it's an interesting dynamic. I guess it's one of our few bipartisan things. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, but I, I see it as uh, really just more evidence of our polarization and just how divided we are and how everything has just been like so hyper politicized. And you can you can almost just start to predict this stuff. You know, I would think that if, uh, you know, betting markets were going to take like political positions and which side was going to take which, I think it would just be too predictable at this point in time. It's like, Gee, I'm really shocked that, you know, Kamala Harris and some of these other people were saying they're not going to, you know, they're going to be very leery and, you know, untrusting of a vaccine under a Trump administration, because I don't see any interest in why they would say that. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I think that we're just seeing this. It's just people are just so tied to their political team that they'll say anything, especially the ones with something to gain. Yeah. I mean, give you a couple of examples. Drew Holden had a great uh, thread on this. Uh, Kamala Harris said there's very little we can trust that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth. So I would not trust his word when asked about the vaccine. She said uh, it's going to be an issue for all of us. I will say I would not trust Donald Trump. I would not take his word for it. Um, Then you had uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Joe Biden, uh, he said, I trust vaccines. I trust the scientists, but I don't trust Donald Trump. The New York Times headline, Biden seizing on worries of a rushed vaccine warns that Trump can't be trusted. If these people actually were uh, legitimate in their fear about the coronavirus and not just using it for a political gain, you'd think that they'd be happy about this news and, uh, you know, highlight this as maybe a, an achievement that didn't involve politics. But it seems to always go back to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this would be really how easy would it be for them to just say, 
hey, great job by the CDC working with all of these, you know, drug companies or whatever was going on behind the scenes. And you can you could praise them and praise science as they like to do so often instead of, you know, giving any you know credit to President Trump. Um, so, I mean, they could easily do that, but they'd rather just weaponize it and, you know, use it as, you know, a bludgeon against uh, Trump. And they did that. And, you know, apparently it worked. Mm. Uh, Andrew Cuomo, of course, was on this list because he's always on every <laughs> list of terrible, awful things. Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot uh, com. Um, he said uh, he, he said, of course, it was bad news that Pfizer had come up with the coronavirus vaccine while Trump was in office. Um, uh, of course, that was called uh, unconscionable by the HHS secretary. Cuomo said um, back in September, uh, New York health officials will review any federally approved COVID-19 vaccines because he doesn't trust the Trump administration. Um, and then he was set, you know, Trump came to the table and said, look, you know, this is uh, this is unacceptable. And if, if they're if they are going to try to do extra checks and delay these vaccines getting to the people, then maybe we'll go to the other states first that want the vaccine that we'll just trust the FDA. I actually think it's a pretty a rational response to all of this, considering uh, we are in a crisis. And if 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 Cuomo wants to play political games, then the people of New York are going to have to suffer uh, for electing him, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, this guy is utterly shameless. I mean, he I actually saw a clip of him where, you know, of course, I think it was on Morning Joe or something like that. And of course, they weren't grilling him about the nursing homes or him lying and covering it up. None of that. Uh, and he actually worked in a book plug in there somehow. Oh. I mean, he's like, oh, we're seeing another spike here. And uh, I wrote about it in my book about how all the lessons we've learned from this. It's just like. I mean, the man knows no shame no no shame whatsoever he does not care uh he just thinks if he talks in this tone it's like i mean he thinks he's obi-wan kenobi or something he's just like (laughs) you don't need to see any identification (laughs) and he just he just speaks in this ridiculous tone that he takes that's like leadership tone i wrote a book we're learning things and don't I sound like I'm putting you at ease and I'm putting the nation at ease. Don't worry about everything I'm saying. It's completely wrong and people are dying because of my incompetent orders. I'm speaking clearly and slowly, and that should make you feel good. This is not the person who killed 12,000 old people that you're <laughs> looking for. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. Kinda... <laughs> it's, and it's working. No one asked him about it. No one asked him about it. I mean, I'm fascinated about, you know, I was uh, ranting on Twitter earlier today. And, you know, I, you know, this is what you do, I suppose. But like we know for certain, no disagreement whatsoever that Andrew Cuomo forced covid positive patients into nursing homes. We know that for certain. We also know for certain that Andrew Cuomo runs the only state in the union that does not count nursing home deaths uh, uh, that happened in the hospital as nursing home deaths. He, they, if you have to happen to die at the nursing home, we'll count it. But if you are get really sick and they call an ambulance and they bring you to the hospital, and you die five minutes later, he doesn't count it. So we know those are artificially low. What is irredeemable about Andrew Cuomo is he uses the second part of that, the fact that they're artificially low because he doesn't report it, to defend the first part. He says, like, look, well, people keep saying that I put COVID positive patients in there. Well, look at our numbers. They're lower than everyone else. That's because you're lying about them. And it is on record with every news source, not just conservatives, people, the Associated Press, every fact check agency. And he uses lie two to defend horrible policy one. And no one ever bothers him about this because I guess he just gets a free pass with the media because of his last name. 
I guess so. I mean, it's it's really remarkable. And I even saw for that for one of the appearances, he was going to be on ABC or something like that. They had these thumbnail images uh, on social media and it's him just looking magnanimous like, yeah, you know, yeah, he's got the pose. And there's just like he's just looks like, you know, he should be on Mount Rushmore any moment. And it's like, I don't understand how these want. I mean, I know I actually I do understand how they do it. It's all you know, the bias in the media and they just don't, you know, they just don't care. And they're not going to push on that one because it doesn't, doesn't help their side. doesn't help their team. It is embarrassing. Um, we, uh, we kind of both stumbled onto half of an interesting equation here. I want to ask you about, cause I thought yeah. to myself when <clears throat> Donald Trump, it looked like initially he got up to this big lead and then, you know, kind of things started changing and it looked like maybe Biden would win the election. And, you know, I know they're still going back and forth in legal wranglings, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But just taking this on face value here for a second, if Donald Trump was not to win and Joe Biden becomes president, I made the point that if you any poll that asks who is the front runner for 2024 that includes Donald Trump, Donald Trump's going to win by 40 points among Republicans right now. Right. Yeah. And he's going to be able to kind of keep this momentum going. And I would say if he loses here in 2020, he will run again or at least keep the option open for running again until uh, for 2024 until the last possible second, because, of course, increases your relevance and and all the yeah. other benefits that go along with it. And that's what he's done before. I mean, that's what he's always done. He's always toyed with these presidential runs, gets him in the news. Uh, cycle for a few weeks. And uh, I think he liked that. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's good if he does do another media company or whatever. He, I don't think he'd announce the run right away because that would have weird restrictions and, and conflicts <laughs> and such. But like he, he why not keep it open? Even if you know you're not yeah. going to do it, why not keep it open? And he's going to win every single poll for a primary. So uh, I thought about that side of it. You brought the other side of this. This is <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. would be exactly uh, what America deserves. Well, here's an interesting date for everyone in the audience to uh, mark down. It's called it's October 13th, 1989. Uh, and if you fast forward and do a little simple subtraction from October 13th, 2024, and you'll see that that is a 35 year gap. And uh, a one Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was born on October 13th, 1989, <laughs> which would make her eligible to be president of the United States. In 2024, because uh, you don't have to be 35 until you're sworn in. So as long as you turn 34 before or 35 before the uh, inauguration day, you're good to go. You're allowed to be in. And I, I absolutely, I mean, honestly, I mean, we all know that the Biden, you know, looming uh, presidency here is not because there's it's Joe Mentum and everyone's just so excited about Joe Biden. I mean, I saw him give you know a comment to the media today or yesterday. I almost fell. I almost fell asleep watching it. I mean, I, he almost fell asleep saying it. It was so bad. I mean, like, <laughs> I just can't imagine that not one of these, you know, because if you look at AOC, you know, for her to mount a challenge, I don't I don't know that it's like a big loss for her in her mind as, as a socialist. Right. Like, uh, you know, even if she loses, you know, the primary challenge, it'll still be the Democratic, you know, incumbent would run against, you know, whoever Trump or whoever else comes and runs in 2024. So I think she, I don't think she has that much to lose. I mean, unless I'm missing something or maybe there's some other dynamic I'm not thinking about, uh, but I don't think she has a lot to lose. And uh, 
she'd have a chance. I mean, let's just let's just be honest. I mean, let's be honest about it. You know, we always say that, you know, oh, gosh, I can't believe 2019. What a disaster. Then it gets to 2020. It's obviously worse. <laughs> obviously, we all know 2021 is going to be worse than 2020 and so on. By the time 2024 comes, she might be a conservative. I mean, AOC might be considered <laughs> a conservative in this country. I have no freaking idea. But it's interesting. It's an interesting thought because she really I mean, th- this is a country that's built on celebrity. And I mean, what this is exactly what this country should have, which is an 80 year old Donald Trump going up against a 35 year old by a couple of weeks. Alexandria Cortez. I can't think of a better outcome to this. It's just it's just what is going to happen, isn't it? I mean, it is it is it is exactly what we deserve in this country. And she's going to put Ilhan Omar as her as her VP. I mean, it's, you know, Bernie's going to I mean, Bernie's already going to be the uh, what the labor secretary, which I, I found hilarious that the rumors were going around that uh, Sanders was being floated as the possible, you know, labor secretary, secretary of labor. I, this guy doesn't believe in work. I mean, what are you, what the heck is he going to do? Just be like, all right, hey, everyone just stop working today. We're going to go ahead and just give everyone some money. It's true. It would never worked a day in his life. He's got multiple houses. He's never, <laughs> the guy's never worked a day in his life. Um, let me, uh, before you go, uh, supposedly, and I can't, I think today is National Fast Food Day. There's been a lot of fake maps that have been floated all over yeah, the internet yeah. um, about what people's fa- favorite fast food is. You and I, I would say about 80% of our relationship going back to middle school is based on fast food. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, at least. Um, what is, if you had to, give me like your top, three fast food restaurants i'm pretty i'm pretty standard here um i right i mean mcdonald's and taco bell are my number one number two easy like Mm. no brainers Mm -hmm. um chick-fil-a has been in my rotation now um Mm. i will say a newer one in my rotation this is currently i just tweeted about this my a current uh favorite of mine is a mod pizza i don't know if they're like traditional fast food Mm. Uh, that you would consider fast food, but it's like a build-your-own pizza place, and like yep. that's pretty cool. I've been like going a, there. Like it's, a pie it's five blaze type yeah. of pizza. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So uh, that's just been a Johnny come lately for me. But uh, yeah, Mickey D's, Taco Bell. Um, you know, I'll eat whatever is on the menu at 7-Eleven. I mean, <laughs> Wawa. I mean, those are convenience stores. I don't know if they count as fast food, yeah, but I don't think you got to uh, three. This is my diet. Fast I mean, this food, is how so. it, you know. Yeah, I, I will say, I, I just, I can't sing the praises of Taco Bell enough. I just, I got to say, I it's love phenomenal. it. It's phenomenal. You look at me, you know that I love Taco Bell, <laughs> but it's just so freaking good. I, I just absolutely love it. It keeps me, you know, uh, keeps my, um, uh, you know, first of all, keeps me having enough, uh, it, you know, uh, you know, padding on my body to keep myself warm during the winter, which yeah. is always helpful. Yeah. But it's just, it just makes me happy. It makes me happy for about... 30 minutes every time. They And they get the soda thing right. I mean, they've got the Mountain Dew Zeros in there, Baja Blast Zero. I yeah. mean, what the heck? You can't even get that stuff at stores. And, but it's there at Taco Bell for your consuming pleasure. I mean, what? And uh, I would say, you know, look, I had a very, as you know, I'm a coronavirus survivor. I was able to defeat <laughs> yes. COVID-19. How'd you do it? How did I do it? I have to assume yeah. it's just the amount of Taco Bell I had in my system the entire time I had it. I, I mean, I, I don't know if they're advertising that. I'm just saying they can use that endorsement if they want. Taco Bell cures coronavirus. Yeah, I like it. And Stu, by the way, one more thing here. I think we can all agree that Trump has had many accomplishments in his four years here in the White House. But I think his best one uh, was when he delivered that massive <laughs> smorgasbord of fast food 
uh, to all the, I think one of the championship teams Clemson, and they had everything out there. Yeah, I do remember that. And he just like, they were like, I, he had problems with the food. He's like, let's get fast food. They just brought a McDonald's. Like that is the way to do it. <laughs> That's I, so great. And I, I mean, I wish I was there. I, I was very jealous. I know I, I was as well. Uh, Dan Andrews, uh, managing editor of Faithwire. Be sure to uh, check out Faithwire's YouTube page uh, and uh, follow Dan online for other fast food tips as well at Dan Andros. Uh, make sure you do that as well. Dan, thanks for coming on the program. All right, thank you. All right, back in a second. So, hmm, let me ex- let me let me give you a little recommendation for a podcast. Now, if you happen to be listening on YouTube, you know it's come over. Subscribe to my podcast, Stu Does America. Get all the links at stewdoesamerica.com. When you get there, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review the podcast. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. Sometimes people forget that. Uh, you know, it's just you just look like an idiot if you give anything less than five stars. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. We do some reviews usually at the end of the show, so make sure to write something, uh, you know, great or you know, just mediocre. Like you know, it's great, whatever. It doesn't matter. Either way, I'll know you're in the cool kids club, and we'll do the reviews at the end of the show. While you're over there too, you can listen to uh, Megan Kelly's podcast. She has a new podcast out that she does. I think th- maybe three times a week, um, and her uh, her sh- her show from Friday was a great interview with Janice Dean. Now, Janice Dean has been on this program. She's on Fox News Channel as well. I just adore Janice Dean. She's awesome, and she's been one of the only people who's been out uh, in the public talking about Andrew Cuomo and how terrible Andrew Cuomo is. Now, if you watched the interview that Janice did on this show, uh, she told you partially why she got started on this uh, on this mission, because her husband, uh, two, her two parents, or her father-in-law and mother-in-law, I guess, um, uh, were both died from coronavirus in Andrew Cuomo's nursing homes. So she's got a really, uh, really intense connection to this story. Uh, and she's been the only one out there really calling, calling him out and making, trying to make him uh, be held responsible for his uh, horrific actions. I should remind you at this point, Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot com. So. Let me play a little uh, clip from uh, Megan Kelly uh, and talking to Janice Dean. This is from last Friday's podcast when they talked about Andrew Cuomo. I was looking at uh, this guy, Stu Bergier at The Blaze. He did a great timeline of Governor Cuomo and it, like all the crap that President Trump got for allegedly mishandling COVID, which really kind of led to his problems in this election. You know, if you look at the number one issue for the majority of voters, it was COVID. And the people for whom that was an issue voted against him. Um, He did like a little timeline on Cuomo. And I just I did a couple of bullets. I'm just going to read for the audience so you understand. This is what happened from the guy who's just published a book being touted by the media on leadership lessons in handling COVID. Okay. Uh, 3-2, March 2nd. He says, New Yorkers are worrying too much about this. 3-4, March 4th. The pandemic is being caused by fear. 3-6, more people are dying from the flu than from COVID. Remember how that was awful to say? Well, he said it. March 8th, go on the subway. March 9th, this fear is unwarranted. March 11th, uh, his brother, Chris Chris Cuomo, after a six-year ban in interviewing his brother, is now allowed to interview him, and it's a joke. No hard questions. March 12th. Uh, There's not going to be any quarantine. March 18th, there's not going to be a quarantine. There's not going to be a shelter in place order for New York. March 19th, no shutdown is coming. March 20th, New York is shutting down. (laughs) 
literally the day after he said no shutdown is coming. It happened. And it came three days after he slammed New York City uh, mayor uh, Bill de Blasio for even suggesting that there would be a shutdown. And as Stu points out, it's very hard to be on the wrong end of an argument with Mayor de Blasio. But Governor Cuomo found a way to do it. (laughs) Um, Okay, then March 24th. Once again, with Chris Cuomo yucking it up about how funny and funny and, you know, so much levity at such a good time. The very next day, he issues that order that that you could easily make the case directly led to over 6000 deaths of seniors. Um, March 29th, that's when the, the people were jumping up and down saying this is dangerous. This is dangerous. He didn't listen. And now he's out there celebrating himself as the media enables his being anointed as this politician, America's governor, perhaps a cabinet member, perhaps even a president. It's gross. Mm, Gross is absolutely the right word. Uh, The interview with uh, Janice Dean and Megyn Kelly was great. Uh, The whole thing was uh, was fantastic, and I'd encourage you to go listen to it. Uh, But, you know, there's just not enough of this out there. There's not enough people who are looking at Andrew Cuomo for the things uh, that he has done. And he's being pulled on all these shows and praised for his uh, absolutely horrible book and treated as this like uh, prince, uh, uh, you know, coronavirus fighter. And it's it's irredeemable that the media is not calling him out on this. Um, Let me give you a new uh, section. Uh, I mean, you want to talk about someone who's not self-aware at all. Here's Andrew Cuomo talking about how to respond to the coronavirus and handle it with uh, some level of competence. Watch. The key is to be strong and secure enough to admit your mistakes and oh. admit your shortcomings. Oh. Don't get defensive. Oh my Denying gosh. the mistake only assures repeating the mistake. We've made mistakes during COVID. I wrote a book on the lessons to be learned from the COVID crisis. I think of COVID as low tide for America. And it showed us the ugliness and flaws deep down in our society. And if we are smart and if we are secure, we must now acknowledge the ugliness and correct it as we go forward. COVID low tide show the lack of trust in the federal government. We have a vaccine on the way. Truly great news. Oh. But polls say 50% of the American people say they would not take the vaccine if it were available today because they don't trust the way this federal government has politicized the process. Oh, it's it's their fault. Mm -hmm. So New York and other states, seven in total, will simultaneously review the vaccine approval with independent medical experts so people know it's safe. First of all, Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot com. Secondly, this is why it would be an absolutely terrible public official. Like I, you know, I would be a terrible police officer. I would be a terrible uh, military member uh, and I would be a terrible public official. Only two of those three because I'm out of shape. The, the, the public official part of this, I would be so... So sure I would be this. I people, the things that people say about Donald Trump are the things that I would do as a, as a public official. And this is why I should not be a public official. I would be, I would say to them, look, you guys want to add an extra layer of checking my work and checking the government's work after the FDA has approved this vaccine. You go ahead, 
But we're going to give it to the 43 other states first because they're not doing that. They apparently recognize this as a crisis and want the vaccine. You can play your little games. You can play your little politics and you can go there and you can do all the double checking you want. And if there's any leftover at the end, the people in your states can get the vaccine. As of right now, you're not getting one dose of it. That is how I would feel. Now, I know that's probably the wrong thing, maybe probably not the wrong thing to do. Uh, but uh, that's what I would do to Andrew Cuomo. And this is also why I should not have any power in this uh, particular country. Let me give you another quote uh, from uh, awful, awful, awful Andrew Cuomo. COVID low tide in America showed us the federal government's incompetence. Oh, that, we needed a, to test people for COVID. Remember, always, COVID always the federal tests. government's fault. But we or didn't have right. enough nasal swabs. Nurses and doctors battled brilliantly in emergency rooms, but we didn't have enough masks and gowns. Oh. Now we have to vaccinate 330 million Americans. No, you're not this is a massive operation mm. and by far the most challenging to date. The federal government must learn from its mistakes and dedicate the resources and supplies to get the job done right this time. Rhetoric only goes so far. We don't want to hear anymore. We want actions because it is results that matter at the end of the day. I'm using my Nancy Pelosi sucks pen to point to my Andrew Cuomo is awful mug. All available at studiosmerch.com. Uh, well, soon the pens will be available. They're on the way. Look, it is not the federal government's fault uh, that Andrew Cuomo was awful. They're not responsible for all the dumb things Andrew Cuomo did. No one from the Trump administration told him to import COVID-positive patients into nursing homes. No one from the federal government told him to disallow the opportunity for nursing homes to test patients, to test them, just to see if they had coronavirus. Maybe they could have tested them and said, okay, well, look, we don't have enough private rooms, but like since these guys have coronavirus, we can at least put them in the private rooms and maybe we'll have some separation. They couldn't even do that. It's against the law uh, for Andrew Cuomo. And that went on for at least, I think, 46 days, but they, I don't know that they ever actually fully canceled that whole practice. This is an embarrassment. His book is an embarrassment, but more than that, the media is an embarrassment because they sit here and allow him to criticize everyone else when he is the one responsible for what happened in his state. And he is the one who is responsible for the overflow out of his state that caused the biggest and worst coronavirus response that we've seen in the entire world. This is him. He he is responsible for this. He's not responsible for creating the virus, but he's responsible for doing a terrible job managing managing it. And it's starting to spike again in his state, even with all the nonsense he's pulled since. So there you go. Uh, check out uh, the Megyn Kelly interview with uh, Janice Dean. It's available uh, wherever you get your podcasts. You can su- subscribe to that. Also subscribe to Stu Does America, uh, where I will play back Megyn Kelly's words and then rant about it. Andrew Cuomo as often as I could possibly pull it off. Back in a second. There's nothing like that Friday feeling. But you know what? What is it? Monday today? Is today Monday? I've lost track of all the days. Uh, it's, it's Monday. And how are you going to get a Friday feeling on Monday? You can't. Unless you have first leaf. Any day. 
can feel like Friday with First Leaf. First Leaf is a wine club that sends personalized selections of wine from top vineyards all around the world directly to you. Every bottle is handpicked by experts with your exact preferences and palate in mind. First Leaf uh, uses an algorithm and your feedback to curate future wine recommendations. If you've ever done something like Stitch Fix, it's kind of like Stitch Fix for wine. So you get personalized things of all the kind of wines that you uh, like, and you get a nice big box. My wife got a, uh, sh- uh, an order here. Do we have the picture? Uh, look what this thing looks. Uh, I don't know if we have it or not. Um, but there's a, a great um, box that comes in. You've got, uh, she, you open it up. It's presented really nice. It, I mean, it's a great gift, too, I will say, because it's presented really nice. You get all the wine. I think she got six bottles uh, a month. And that's going to make every day into a Friday feeling. Do it with First Leaf. Join today, and you'll get six bottles of wine for only $29.95 plus free shipping. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash stew. Tryfirstleaf.com slash stew. The slash stew part of the address is important because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, that's how you get your discount. Six bottles of wine, $29.95, free shipping. Tryfirstleaf.com slash stew. So if you've been watching The Mandalorian on uh, Disney Plus, I have really tried to get into it, like almost like it's a job and I can't seem to pull it off. I don't know what it is. I'm just I'm a Star Wars fan. I don't know if you have to be a fan of something else to like that. It's okay, but I don't really get the hype on it so far. I'm still in the first season and I just can't get through it. I feel like every every time I turn it on, I get through about 15 minutes and fall asleep. Not a good sign for a show, but hey. Uh, that's the whole reason I got the Disney Plus subscription in the first place, so maybe it'll turn around for me. Uh, One of the stars of the uh, show, Gina Carano, former MMA uh, fighter, uh, is in uh, the... I I have seen her episodes of this particular show. Uh, She's in a little bit of trouble because you can't say things that that, uh, might lean Republican or conservative in any way these days, or you get canceled. Here's what she tweeted. She said, we need to clean up the election process so we are not left feeling the way we do today. Put laws in place that protect us against voter fraud. Investigate every state. Film the counting. Flush out the fake votes. Require ID. Make voter fraud end in 2020. Fix the system. Now, look, you can say that these some of these things you don't think are happening or whatever. But the bottom line is these are all obviously positive things for the country. You don't want fraud. I mean, whether you might not think it's there. Well, if you look for it and you don't find it, then you have your answer, I guess. Um, or at least the best answer that we can come up with uh, to try to protect the system. But there's no reason you can't have laws that try to prevent fraud. I think that's a good idea. Requiring ID is is the basic function for every human being that lives in our system. This is the most insulting thing that happens all the time. They say, oh, well, minorities can't get IDs. Ask minorities about these laws. They're very popular. In fact, requiring voter ID is one of the most popular proposals in the public debate. This is going to shock a lot of you out there. Black people have IDs. Hispanic people have IDs. It's just kind of the way it works. People get IDs so they can live in the society. I mean, if you're an illegal immigrant, you can't get an ID, even though you probably can in a lot of states. But you can't usually get an ID because you're an illegal immigrant. If you're a legal immigrant, you can get an ID. And if you're a citizen, you can vote. It's the way the process works. Um, She also tweeted this. Breaking news. Democratic government leaders now recommend we all wear blindfolds along with masks so we can't see what's really going on. Again, she must be a Republican. And that, you know, it's like makes her like half the country. But that's not okay. She's being attacked and attacked and attacked. Uh, And will she ever get another uh, gig in in uh, in something like The Mandalorian again? I doubt it. Will she ever appear in another episode? I doubt it. 
Uh, that's not the, that's not the way this is going to go. You're not allowed to do that. And it's, it's amazing because cancel culture will get uh, Gina Carano canceled. But like cuties is the one thing that somehow survived cancel culture. This movie about 11 year olds uh, dancing in erotic ways. That was totally fine. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, you know what? We had a little bit of a buzz about it. But in the end, we're going to leave that thing on because, you know what, we just can't lose our freedom of speech when it comes to 11-year-olds dancing half-naked. It's just people just are so uh, thrilled, apparently on the left, with watching that, that they, they can't get rid of that movie. But everything else that gets a, a threat of cancellation goes down the tubes. Well, I hope Gina Carano uh, can survive this. I hope she, uh, she's able to uh, survive this cancel culture threat. And I hope The Mandalorian gets better. Because right now, eh, I mean, I don't know. Is the second season, does it pick up in the second season? Yeah, it's, it gets better. I'm, I'm getting, getting, this is, this is the reaction. Yeah. I mean, that's not exactly a ringing endorsement. I mean, they did hit like two of the nine Star Wars movies out of the park. So you'd think they'd have, a, do a great job on a series. But so far, uh, it's just mediocre. Back in a second. Do you ever have those moments where you're like, ah, why didn't I just pull the trigger on that investment? You know, when you like, ah, that was so obvious in retrospect what was going to happen. I, you know, you think about that with all sorts of different things. Um, how about the spending that's going on right now with COVID? What's that going to do to our currency? What's that going to do to the price of gold? I don't know. I mean, I'm not an investment advisor, but I do own a little bit of gold, and I think it's a smart thing to do. And now it's a lot easier to do, too, because of glint. Uh, you know, there's these fees that you can go from, you know, buying gold and they can be 5%, 10% of your purchase. Some of them are really high. Glint doesn't have that. They have 0.5%. So let me explain to you what Glint is. Do I have the card here? Yeah, I think I have the card here right here. Okay, so Glint gives you this MasterCard like this, okay? And you, when you buy gold, Glint buys actual physical gold and stores it in Switzerland for you. Um, and you get, get the, all the benefits of an investment in gold. So if you're thinking to yourself, I want to invest some gold, but like, you know, there's all these fees and, and, and you know, all the liquidation. How, how do you spend it if you need the money? Glint, you can spend real gold in like a store, basically. Uh, you can go there, you can buy anything where you can buy Ma- MasterCard, and that money is like a gold investment. It's real gold that you own. So if it goes up in value, you're going to get, you're going to be able to invest in gold and you can be able to spend it. We were talking to one guy who said, I just had it in my account and the gold price kept going up. I was buying like, you know, hostess products at the convenience store out of just the profits off the investment. I don't know if that's a smart way to invest, though investing in hostess is another idea. We'll talk about that later. Glintpay.com slash stew is the way you get started with this. G-L-I-N-T-P-A-Y dot com slash stew. The slash stew part of the address is important because that's how they know you like this stupid show. It's how we stay on the freaking air, people. Glintpay.com slash stew. Glintpay.com slash stew. Put yourself on your own personal gold standard. Love getting your reviews on iTunes. Uh, five stars is the appropriate number of stars for this particular show. Other shows, you can rate them one star. You can rate them two stars. I don't care. This is a five-star program. Uh, daily requirement. Studios America has quickly become my favorite program on the Blaze Network. Sorry, Glenn, Stephen, Chad, and Sarah. Still love you guys, too. Five freaking stars. Show is actually climbing up on my charts, too. I have it as my eighth favorite show. 
on the network. I enjoy this stupid show. It's entertaining, informative, and fair as well. Even when I disagree, I look forward to watch this show and recommend it to my friends. Whatever. Five freaking stars. Thank you very much. Five stars. I love the show, but haven't written a review because I can't think of anything pithy. It's great. Whatever. Five freaking stars. Thank you so much. Stu says stuff. I hear the stuff. Yay. I guess. I hear words from Stu in his stupid show. And then that's like, isn't that like the meh face? Five freaking stars. Thank you so much. And great show. Stu, you're such a good boy. Thank you. Five freaking stars. That's a, that's a really nice thing to say. I, that's what I say to my dog all the time. Well, my dog, my yeah, I have one dog as a boy, so I say that to him. Um, thank you so much for uh, tuning in. By the way, blazetv.com slash stew is the place to go to get your uh, subscription. Uh, 30 bucks off right now with the code stew. Make sure you use that. In fact, uh, you got to hear, actually, tomorrow, I think, on Chad Prather's show, my wife, Lisa Page, is on that show talking about a very interesting story about a recent trip we had to Denny's. It was delicious and fun. You'll see it tomorrow. Check it out.